Ladies and gentlemen, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and there's all sorts of music going on here. We're going to cut a couple of these. Hi, everybody. Hey, it's the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, and this is the Raw Recap Edition. We're going to be recapping a very special edition, the May 27th edition, 2019, of course, of Monday Night Raw. And why Why is it special? Why is it, why is it a special edition? What happened tonight that is so memorable that that uh, that I feel that this needs to be underscored before we actually go, go forward? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Jack shit happened, and this was a bad episode of Raw. But you know what? Here's the th- this is this is how I feel. This is how I have the impression that I can contribute to the community because I, as many of you know right now, at this point, I do these shows live every Monday evening, eleven thirty p.m. on YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes, and we have people who come in to the chat who come over and watch this live, and there are people who don't necessarily watch or join the chat or who but in fact you know join they just they just lurk in the chat but they watch live and and I feel like on nights like tonight you know I go above and beyond just providing you know a, a, an entertaining viewpoint on the proceedings of WWE I feel I go a little bit beyond that I feel like my role expands and I become a somewhat of a support system you know, someone who uh, around whom we can we can rally and uh, and uh, find a, you know find a a common anchor so that we can so that we can all like just stand next to each other and pat each other on the back, hold each other's hands, give us our give us pass around some hugs because nights like tonight makes it really really hard to like WWE. But you know, there that's the thing, is that there are people who end up here in the chat who are looking for something, who are here, such as, of course, Kristen Ashley, the lovely Kristen Ashley of belltobells.com. You have Brian Payne, who's here, the world's most handsome mod, Blaine Mendoza. He can beat up all your mods. Trust me on that. Shane Haas is here. Hawkeye Joe Anthony is here as well. Blink, 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 11 got a whole bunch of people here tonight dave good guy dave is here popping in michael stepney how you doing darren kirkby darren darren kirkby the host of the what we watch podcast who lives in britain dave not dave excuse me, darren i hope you didn't stay up to watch this god-awful episode of raw because you'll never want to stay up for another raw again after this but thank you for being here Robert Larry's here. Whole bunch of folks. Why is my camera? My camera's having issues, having focus issues tonight. What's going on? I'm blurring out. I'm so glad everyone is here. We're gonna, I'm, we're gonna do our best to support each other tonight. And if you weren't able to <clears throat> join in on the live proceedings, well, I'm sure, convinced actually, that you'll be able to find the same kind of of uh, of of support. Whenever you decide to watch this on YouTube.com at your own leisure, and you know if you enjoy what you're watching, feel free to give this video a thumbs up. That stuff always helps YouTube likes that. And maybe you're not even watching this. Maybe you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application. Uh, 
such as, but not limited to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, I said Spotify, <laughs> Podbean, Podcoin, Himalaya, CastBox, I'm on all of those, just search for Mr. Warren Hayes, subscribe, like, leave a review, leave a favorites and note, whatever, whatever the, the, the uh, podcast of uh, uh, application of your choice allows you to do to show some support, that stuff, that stuff, man. It's always appreciated. Tomorrow night is uh, my SmackDown Live recap, of course, because we are going to have SmackDown Live tomorrow being Tuesday. So at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, I'll be back right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Wharton Hayes. And I can only imagine that it will get better than this. I can only hope. <laughs> Gotta tell you guys. Um, so that's something that's going to happen. Then on Wednesday, I'm going to be over on Fightful Select to do my weekly 205 live nxt nxt uk recap show over there fightful select of course is the premium service to fightful.com which i'm sure you all are very much aware of premium not premium but primo news website for all your wrestling boxing mma stuff and um there you go. You just head on over there. You check out all that stuff. And if you want more extra content, such as from your boy Warren Hayes, such as from Sean Ross Sapp, such as from Steven Jensen, who does the Weekender Report, fantastic show every Saturday where he covers non-WWE programming, then you join Fightful Select. Starts at $5 a month. Shows a lot of support for what all the boys and girls do at Fightful. So please, please feel free to jump in and do that, and I that's that's something I do there. And another something that I do is prediction shows. Uh, and what timing? Look at that for those of you who are watching live. Look at the little graphic that appeared just right up there. Swear to God, that's a random loop. It's as if I've I've timed all of this, but no, this is this this is um this is providence, people. This is just uh this is the great spirits telling me that my karma is properly aligned here since I'm going to start talking about my prediction shows that I will that I will that I will be doing Friday well so much for karma this Friday uh at uh, 8 p.m Eastern right here on youtube.com slash mr Warren Hayes I will be joined by none other than my my pal Harmony Cox who'll be joining me to discuss takeover 25. Which happens this Saturday, and of course, I'll, then I'll be joining the Fightful crew on Saturday evening for the post show. That'll be a lot of fun, but it'll also be a lot of fun to talk Takeover with Harmony. She's 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 a lot of fun. I like her. I like having her around. I like all of you having having all of you around as well. But be sure to check that out. And of course, the prediction show will be available on on all podcast applications. There you have it. All right. And of course, you know, don't please, folks, don't forget to also go check out belltobells.com, uh, tip top number one website to get all uh, all your news and coverage and, and opinions on women's wrestling. And folks, I'm not. Listen, I got to tell you guys, there's a lot of people who say that they do women's coverage. That they that that they talk about women's wrestling and that they say they do. Oh yes, we do it and we believe in it, but not not like we do at Bell to Bells. And I say we, I don't write, but you know, I I have a vested interest in in the site. Uh, and uh, of course, it's run 
by by my girl Kristen Ashley, who is more than my girl. She's a genius. She's an absolute women's wrestling website running genius, and uh, she she takes care of all uh, of all the stuff. And we have such a dedicated bunch of writers, a crew of fantastic people who write there. And this weekend. One of the sole women events that happened at Starcade this weekend, Lita had a, a panel on women's wrestling. Well, we had our boy Anthony Souter, who was also from Smart to Death. He was there taking notes, live tweeting uh, from the Bell to Bell's account over on, on Twitter. And we, we were literally the only people who were covering the event live. And we are going to have more notes published about that. It was a fantastic talk. So... Follow Bell to Bells on Twitter if you're not already. If you're if you're not doing it already, man. Oh, mm. oh you're just mm. Mm, making my knuckles get white. <laughs> Go check us out and follow the site at Bell Two Bells that B E double L T O B E double L E S dot com for more. Now, yes, I am having a juice box to refresh myself during my podcast this evening. Now, you're probably all saying, Warren, are you suddenly four years old? Well, let me put it to you this way. If WWE wants to treat me like a goddamn child, well, I will drink like a goddamn child. That juice box is not going to last me the entirety of this stream. Oh, boy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, are we ready to talk about Monday Night Raw? Well, that's what we're all here for. Shake the kinks out. Okay, so... (laughs) We're gonna have, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a good time. Oh uh, no, no! Don't worry, Kristen. The the juice box thing isn't it's it's not a thing. It's not something regular. It's part of my bit tonight. It's just a bit. All right. So WWE starts off with a with a Memorial Day tribute, which which is something they do very well, you know, and they do a lot of work with the armed forces and. You know, it's 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 not even uh, you know it's it, it's something they do well. So that was that was fine. Nice little opening. And then the the show starts off with a wild card, a wild card, the wild card rule, full effect. Kofi Kingston, WWE champion, typically on SmackDown, folks. He comes over. They recap the attack from last week by. One Dolph Ziggler. He puts over the fact that it's Kevin Owens who injured Big E. And I I like the idea that Kofi did take the time to like to specifically mention that it was Kevin Owens who took out Big E. Because if we get a Kevin Owens Biggie Langston feud, I am okay with that. That's, see, now that, that's interesting. That's fresh. And I'm not even being sarcastic here. I like that. But anyway, back to the, uh, to, 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 to uh, tonight. 
Uh, Kofi's here for, he says, you know, uh, he, he, yeah, he got attacked by Dolph, Big E. But he, tonight, he's here for Mr. Money in the Bank. Because Brock Lesnar is choosing his opponent tonight. God damn it. Kofi wants Brock to cash in on him tonight. He wants to be the belle of the ball. He wants to be the guy, the, the gal, the pretty lady who's going to be picked by, you know, class president jock dude. That's how it works, right? Um, then Seth comes out and he says, you know, uh, you know, he doesn't want to wait either. He doesn't want to wait who's, who's Brock going to cash in on. So him coming out, he calls Brock out and Brock comes out. Now you... Y'all remember last week, right? When Brock came out and he was holding the briefcase on his shoulder and, uh, and you know, he was holding it as a beatbox and then there were memes all week, right? There were memes of people, like, syncing up music to go along with, um, uh, syncing up music to go along with the, um, with, uh, with, 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 with Brock grooving. Well, they decided to go full in, right? They decided to go uh, to go completely on the nose. They being WWE, and they created uh, not only did they create a a, a, a Brock Party T-shirt with the uh, briefcase now looking like a beatbox, but the the briefcase 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 Brutus the Barber briefcase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not only does the briefcase look like a beatbox or is it used like a beatbox it is a beatbox now so he comes out because it has two speakers now and he comes to the right and he's got you know he's got his sweater on and the hoodie pulled up you know and he's you know he's trying to be all ghetto i guess and uh because because they couldn't be subtle about it it couldn't be just like just let 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 the meme let the meme live through no no it's like no we're gonna drive this one home we're gonna we're really gonna hit this one Straight in the face. So, um, so so he comes into the ring. He being he being Brock, right? And he, his briefcase plays his opponent's theme music. So he comes in and he's not saying a word. But then Seth's music starts playing, or is it Kofi's? Kofi's music starts playing. Then Seth's music starts playing, and this pisses Seth off, and Seth leaves. I wouldn't see why. Is it because... The only reason I can come up with is because, uh, you know, Brock is playing Seth's music, and he didn't pay Seth the royalties to be able to play the music on a public forum like that. That's the only... That's the only reason why I think it'd piss him off that much. So, eventually, so so Paul Heyman is in the ring and he says, "Well, you know, we came out here, uh, we came out here to uh, to try and do our best, and you know, tell you all of you who we were going to pick. But now that Seth's gone, well, it's his fault. It's his fault. The big baby, he peed in our on our parade, and uh, uh." Yeah, we're not going to tell you. So he leaves. He, uh, Paul and, and, and Brock. Now, the one thing that bugs me here. Cause my, my camera's really annoying. Give me a second here. I think it's it's just having trouble focusing. 
And then if I do this, apologies for those of you who are not watching live. It's probably like, what the hell is he talking about? His camera. I just hear his disembodied voice. And I'm like, the camera's being a, a bit of a jerk tonight. Um, if I was constantly moving in, zooming in, so it's as if it's having trouble focusing on me. None of you have trouble focusing on me, do you? So apologies for this. Maybe this will fix it. Don't see my Rusev Day shirt, though. See, this is, this is why they say, you know, always have a plan B. There we go. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Learn Nature. Okay. All right. It should be. Doesn't look as bad. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But the camera focus was being annoying. I apologize, everyone. I really do. Um. So um. So okay. So now you know we have we we have Brock with the with the with the briefcase and now now knowing what we know later with what happens. No, I'll get to that later. I'll, I'll get to that when we get to Brock's second appearance. So basically, so then essentially. Uh, Brock and, and Paul leave and then Kofi gets attacked by wildcard Dolph Ziggler who runs in but then Xavier Woods come runs down to to, to help out because um because Dolph is putting a uh, he's putting a hurt on on your boy Kofi so, and then we cut to commercial back from commercial uh, Kofi's being helped up the ramp with uh, Xavier Woods, with officials. But then Dolph appears out of nowhere again and starts and then go, but goes after Woods. Woods fights back. They brawl all the way back to the ring. There's a big old brawl around the ring They to the audience and stuff. And then Dolph starts cracking chairs across Woods' back. He beats him up with it. He wraps the chair around Woods' head so that, uh, you know, like, kind of like what, Dolph did to Kofi last week. But Kofi runs back down. He he just runs back down to the rescue. He runs back down to the rescue. Dolph heads for the hills. So basically. Oh, and then oh, and then uh Dolph cuts a promo because then we go back to commercial and then we return from commercial. And uh, and Dolph cuts a promo again, kind of like what he cut last week on SmackDown, where he says, you know, you know, it should have been me, you know, eleven years, you know, I I've known you for all this time, Kofi. You're not, you're not, you're not a bad wrestler. But you're fine. You're okay. I respect you, but it should have been me, right? So basically, what tonight's Raw was, what the opening segment was for the first half hour of the show. We got basically the opening segment of last week's Raw combined with the ending segment of last week's SmackDown and combined into some kind of uninspired, creatively bankrupt Voltron. Some kind of robot Avenger that just stands there and does nothing! I hated this segment so much. I really, really did. Because it's... You remember, folks, when I tell you sometimes about how WWE perceives storytelling? You know, because usually when you storytell something, you go from point A to point B to point C to point... You know? 
But when WWE decides that it's storytelling, most of the time it's going to be, all right, well, we're going from point A, then to point A, then to point A, then to point, then to point B. Then we might come back to point A, maybe back to point B. This is point A to point B to point A. From last week to this week, nothing progressed. Nothing advanced. It will advance later on. But why didn't it just advance from the start of the show? I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But this was exactly what it was right here. This was a perfect example of where you think there's advancement, that there's storyline advancement, there's character advancement in some kind of uh, some kind of shape or form. But there isn't. It's it's just it's uh, it's it's a stationary bicycle, is what it is. Is what it is. I don't understand why, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Plus, the the Brock boombox thing was funny last week. The fact that they tricked out the briefcase this week was cute for like 10 seconds, but then hitting the ring, changing the music, and the length that it took to get through that entire segment, nah, that was it was too much and it just became extremely cringy. Did not care for it. Right, chat? That's, oh, goodness, okay. Chad is talking about other stuff. <laughs> of course, of course, I love you guys. Um, anyway, so, so this, this was an, an uninspired and very frustrating way to start off the show. Then we have a block party from the Usos. Gee Willikers, doesn't that kind of sound familiar? Um, there's a blog party happening. There's barbecue. There's Lucha house party that are there. EC3 is there and he looks miserable. Drake Maverick is there passing out flyers looking for our truth. But the revival aren't invited. This is what this is our takeaway is. Okay. Now let's keep moving on from through our, our number one here. Shane McMahon is backstage and he's making his way to the ring. He, accosts his acolyte his no not an acolyte his um uh not his acolyte his uh uh his uh toady come on camera what's wrong with you tonight yes um he he, he accosts drew mcintyre his hired help <laughs> his, his bodyguard he says come on we go to the ring we have a match so they they walk backstage. They go to Gorilla. His music hits. He walks out. He being Shane, drew out first, walks out, and then as he's coming out, he's like, uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Bye. He goes back. He walks back. I'm like, what? And then we cut to commercial. Okay, so he's not going to have a match. But no, he does have a match because when we come back from commercial, he's in the ring. <laughs> I don't understand. 
Now he he starts cutting a promo on um uh, on the McMahon's and the Samoans. He starts talking about the Samoan lineage, talking about uh, the wild Samoans, Sika and Afa, talking, the, the, uh, underscoring the fact that Sika is Roman Reigns' dad. And I honestly don't know how many uh, how many wrestlers. Uh, I don't know how many wrestlers, not wrestlers, but wrestling fans, WWE fans out there, actually know who the uh, who the Wild Samoans are. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to judge. Not not for that anyway. And he says he's going to fight someone from that long, long legacy. And then it turns out that it's Lance Anoa'i, who um, has been wrestling for just under a decade. And, um, well, you know, apparently he's had tryouts with WWE. Figure at this point. Figure at this point if it's if it's not in the cards, buddy, it's not going to happen. You know, if, if you're from the Samoan lineage and you've been wrestling for the better part of eight, nine years or so, and you haven't made it to WWE yet, you know, and you're related to Roman, you're related to The Rock, The Usos, Yokozuna, and so on. Well, well, just saying. Anyway, this is basically nothing because Drew, uh, Drew smacks him up, uh, smacks him against the, the steps to the outside. Uh, then tosses him into Shane, who throws some of those wicked, wicked fast Shane McMahon punches. Oh, oh, a flurry, a flurry of punches. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. It, uh, honestly, at some point, the whole thing just jumbled. It, it all jumbled in my mind together. I think I was trying to block it out because I couldn't believe that I was that I was actually looking at Shane McMahon wrestling. You know in the first half hour after the first half hour had passed and there was literally no wrestling that there was nothing you know no in-ring action and this was the first taste of it that we were going to get and then uh he puts lance in in you know a submission and he taps and then after after the match he puts him in a submission again and he gets him to tap again and he talks trash to him then Roman comes out to save the day. Now, I don't want to throw too much shade towards uh, towards Roman's way here. Okay, I like Roman Reigns. I think he's a I think he's a good guy. But <laughs> but what kind of cousin is he? Because Lance Anoa'i is related to him. He's his cousin. They said it. What kind of cousin lets his cousin get beat down by two guys who are beating him down because of because of him? Look, they're beating Lance down because they want to prove a point to Roman. Why is Roman letting Lance get beaten down? Why is Roman letting Lance get put into another submission and get trash talked? Roman came out when Shane McMahon started talking trash about Roman. Roman, what kind of example is that? You know, so, or unless unless there's some family, there's some family issues that are being sorted out here. 
which is entirely possible as well. You never know. You never know with you never know what's going on with families. Folks, I'm going to ask you to give me a quick second here because my camera is ridiculous. It's really bad, isn't it tonight? There we go. I think I'm just going to turn off the... There we go. I'm going to get rid of the autofocus here. Um, there we go. No autofocus for you. That should do the trick. Apologies. This has been really ridiculous this evening. But, you know, the Minister of War and Haitia, we aim to please. And we want, we want to please all of you. Ah. Babaruski in the chat, by the way. Hello, Babaruski. Good to see you. It says there's no whiteboard in the back. There's never been a, wa a whiteboard. There's no whiteboard in the back, so there's no focus. But, you know, there, that's the thing, is that there's never been a whiteboard in the background, Babaruski. There's only been a Warren board. It's not a whiteboard. It's a Warren board. Mother always said branding is important. So we were treated to basically just a bunch of very trash segments tonight. And the trashiness and uncomprehensible situations continued when Brock Lesnar came back out with Paul Heyman. Okay? We're not done yet. This doesn't, it's not something that makes sense. Carlos, welcome to the chat. How you doing? Here's the thing. This blew my mind here. Brock comes back out with Heyman, and now he has the contract. There's a referee in the ring, and he says, they're basically saying, we're going to announce now. We're ready now. We're going to do it now. We're going to announce who, uh, who we're going to cash in on and when. And I'm like, why? Why are we doing this here? Why wasn't this just settled in the first segment? Why was this here? Because of the dolphin? We didn't need the dolphin attack again. We didn't. We didn't need Kofi back on Raw, the fucking wild card rule. Not because I don't like Kofi. I just hate the wild card rule. So he, so Paul has the contract and he starts to read it and he's about to announce. Then Seth Rollins interrupts and I'm like, no, no, stop. Just let, let, let this be done. Can we please just move on? Can we have people pretend to fight each other? I just watched Shane McMahon beat up a guy who's not WWE ready. That's not wrestling. No, wasn't what, that's not what I tuned in for. We're easily 45 minutes into this, even close to the hour here. No. But the segment just did have some saving graces, though, if we're going to be completely frank. Seth starts calling uh, starts calling uh, 
Brock out. You know, he calls him a joke, you know. And in the meantime, Brock is trolling him. He's just going, ooh, you know, he's doing these and taunting him. And you know what? Okay, I have it. Well, look, trolling Brock Lesnar is fantastic. Like, honestly, he's fantastic. I love, this was fun. So, but basically Seth taunts him enough. He gets in his head and you can tell. You can always tell when Brock is having a good time. Brock was having a good time. He was enjoying himself and he got into the mood. He was in on, he was into this. He got pissed at Seth. He was like, yeah, you want me to cash in now? I'm going to cash in now. But then uh, Paul starts reading the contract aloud to the referee and then mentions the stipulation that Brock has a year to cash in. And Brock says, wait, hang on a second. I have a year? And he shows the card, and then Paul is like, yeah, it's right here in the contract. He says, I have a year? Paul says, yeah, you have a year. I thought I had to cash in now, but you're telling me I have a year. He says, yes, 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 you have a year. So he yanks the paper out of Paul's hand, hand and he just swats him across the head with the contract, which got me to pop. It was the first moment. It was the first genuine emotion that I felt from the start of the show, outside of lingering frustration. And that was hilarious. And he, boy, did he smack him across the head with that sheet of paper too. The first swat that Paul took, that was a, it was a full on, full on sheet of paper across the, uh, across the, the cranium. I, at this point, I think, you know, Brock Lesnar, we, he, I, I'd want him to change his, his finishing maneuver from the F5 to the A4, that'd be fantastic. Um, so basically, Brock is like, okay, well, look, you guys are pressuring me into into um, in, into uh, cashing in, but I don't have a reason to cash in. And he's got this shit-eating grin on his face, and he just walks away. And this is honestly the best call. This is absolutely the best call to have Brock keep the briefcase, an ominous trolling Brock Lesnar, and look there, right here, the the graphic, right, right, right there. Got, <laughs> I'm sure Paul got a paper cut doing that. Look at walk. <laughs> um, honestly, having having uh, a looming. Brock Lesnar just ready to pounce at any given moment is the absolute best reason to to keep the briefcase on him. I am so glad, so, so glad that they didn't do the, well, we'll cash in at this specific date on this specific person. This is going to be so much more interesting. And he said, I got a year, I got a year. Oh. It's going to be the best use of Brock Lesnar. It really is. It really, really is. Brock Lesnar's universal champ, boring. Brock Lesnar as Mr. Money in the Bank. Are you kidding? Yeah, this is going to be good. And this is the best way for them to also, they being WWE, to make the most of his limited engagements, right? Like he he works at an extremely light schedule. Don't have to put a title on him. Just has to pop up once in a while just to spread some paranoia, uh, get the fans riled up. Oh, I think it's such a good idea. This is actually really really the best possible outcome. Uh, 
Uh, but let's see. Oh, hey, Chad is actually talking about wrestling. Go figure. Um, Kristen says if WWE had any ball had any balls at all, they would have had our truth break in the Money in the Bank match and win, but with only the help of Carmella. Uh, Joe says that whole Brock Heyman exchange was comedy gold. They do have great chemistry together, that's for sure. Um, Blink 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 says hopefully Brock disappears for a couple of months now that he's realized that he has a year uh, to cash in his briefcase. Dave says I polite, I respectfully disagree. For it to be completely over, there would have they would have everyone have matches with everyone else. The wildcard rule is only a few at a time. It's the beginning of the end, not the end. I feel that that was part of another discussion. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't quite understand. Jay King, how you doing? Just saw you here in the chat. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, so that was so that was really look. Here's the thing, though. Forgot to mention one thing just before we move on. Here's something that I'm worried about. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a concern that I have. If we're going to have Brock Lesnar walk around with the Money in the Bank briefcase for the better part of a year, which I'm okay with, and his briefcase is good, and he's going to walk around and he's going to do the ghetto blaster gimmick, the, the boombox gimmick, that's fine. All right, you do that. But please, 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 please don't let him be wrestler theme song dj anymore that shit is lame it's cringe please wwe don't do that don't don't do it okay just don't mm. Oh, Anthony, I will mock you in the... Uh, oh, I'll mock you, especially in the chat with any kind of condescending tone. I want. By the way, did you get your face fixed? Brock, uh, you were in Las Vegas, you know. You could, I'm pretty sure you could have figured something out. Anyway, at the end of this segment, we have our truth who hits the ring with Carmella and the crew of C-Team wrestlers following behind them as they uh, run right back out. I'm going to have thoughts on the 27 title, 24-7 title. In just a minute. Quick backstage interview with AJ Styles, who says that he's injured. He won't be able to compete in the fatal four-way elimination match tonight. Um, but uh, just as he's talking about his condition and, you know, his back problems and stuff and whatnot, uh, Baron Corbin blindsides him. So that's going to be a thing. Next, we have the only women's match of the evening. The only women's presence on WWE Raw tonight. Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross in a tag team match against the, the WWE tag team, women's tag team champions. The Iconics. So... One hour and 15 minutes into the show, we get our first actual wrestling match. Because no, no, Shane versus Lance and OIE was not an actual match. It was garbage, okay? 
It was a squash match. It was designed to be that. <coughs> this is one hour and 15 minutes. Two Brock segments into this. Let's get to it. Let's talk about some wrestling. Guys, let's, let's go right ahead. Let's go right ahead. I want you guys to start telling me what you thought about this match. Nikki Cross starts off when she uh, works uh, works with the Iconics to start. Nikki, um, there's some Nikki Cross chants really early on, which always makes my heart sing. Um, Peyton breaks out of a waist lock. She brings her down with uh, with an armbar, but Nikki rolls her up for a two. Nikki then drags uh, Billy Kay down into a side headlock. Uh, Nikki Cross, uh, and there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of um, grappling happening. A lot of uh, a lot of back and forth between uh, between the women, and you know the audience wasn't really into this. And I thought that they were having a good little moment, a good little uh, grappling segment here. There's the Iconics wrestled a lot more. They did a lot more wrestling in this wrestling match than they have in in quite a few weeks now. And I was happy to see it because it's good that they get to stretch their legs and they don't. They're not always considered a comedy act or just talky talkers it's good that they actually got to do something they had a rather long extended section here with nikki cross which i really liked but the audience wasn't into it and i can't blame the audience how would you have been into this with everything that happened within the first hour 15 minutes previous which was complete shit there's nothing to sustain your excitement nothing to ignite you know the women did their best here they did it they they actually told great story throughout this match but this is not what the this is not the type of match that they needed at this point they would have needed something much more dynamic and explosive rather than Nikki and the iconics getting uh, getting their hands dirty and you know giving us a ground game which was good and i think in any other circumstance the audience would have been more into it but now they were just chomping at the bit and you could tell a little later on in the match that they were just, they were ready they were just ready to uh they were just ready to cheer for for anything but they didn't cheer for anything they cheered for good reason um Nikki Cross uh uh Nikki Cross hits a crossbody off the apron onto both iconics on the floor and man her legs her leg lands square her upper thigh square on Peyton Royce's face <sighs> that must have hurt Back from commercial, the Iconics are in control of Nikki Payton. Uh, push uh, pushes Nikki Cross, unfortunately, accidentally into the hot tag to Becky Lynch, who takes out everyone, and the crowd explodes for Becky. They were just waiting for a reason to get excited for anything. Turns out, they got excited for Becky Lynch, and that—that's a goddamn good reason to get excited. Becky hits a mule kick, uh, Beck exploder. The crowd is alive. Snap. Uh, she hits a snapmare on Peyton, does a second turnbuckle leg drop, double team face crusher off the knee by the Iconics on uh, on your champ. Becky gets covered, but she kicks out at two. She goes for the disarmor on Peyton, uh, but it is reversed by, uh, by, by Peyton. But then um, Becky Lynch follows up with a new maneuver, a new finishing maneuver, a kind of a... Pump handle slam? There wasn't. I didn't see much of the pump handle, but Becky calls it the manhandle slam, because of course she does, because she has the best names for her finishers. 
and she covers Peyton, and they beat the Iconics. And at the end of the match, Lacey Evans comes out for her stroll. That gets Becky Lynch incensed. Nikki Cross holds her back. So we are not done with Evans versus Lynch, and I'm okay with that. I am I am okay with that. Um. So yeah, so okay. Let's unpack just a couple of things here. First and foremost, Becky Lynch, new finisher, a little more out of nowhere, a little more explosive, maybe uh, something, uh, that's it. Just the fact that Peyton rolled out of the disarmor shows that it showed to me that this was something that they wanted to establish. Just give Becky something that uh, she can just knock a bitch out. Excuse me. Knock a person out. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. They, um, that they can, that she can just take someone out and, uh, and, and, uh, without having to maneuver around for a, for a submission hole. So, so, so that's good. When had the Iconics, when had the Iconics won a match since, since becoming tag champions? This is ridiculous. This is absolutely 100% ridiculous. And, I don't I like the iconics and I like I, I like what they do. I, I like what they do as a uh as a uh as a heel, as a heel tandem, but here, here, no. At at some point, if you really do care about these tag titles, they they have to register some wins. You can't have your champions not winning. So Oh come on, chat! Come on! Like Warren said, a swear as if I never swear. I just thought the context that for using for using bitch was a little out of was a little out of context, and I apologize. Didn't care for it much. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Were, were were you guys talking about the match at all? Chat, do you have any content for me here? Blaine says, I actually like the women's match. Poor Iconics, though. I agree. I, th I thought this match was fine. Fightbot, how you doing? Welcome to the, uh, for the chat, sir or lady, because it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, there we go. And, uh, not much going on. Hawkeye says the Iconics have lost more than the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess that's a, that's a basketball reference. All the all I hear about is the, the Toronto Raptors these days up here in Canada. That's what everyone's freaking out about. All right. Um. So we're back to the uh, black of uh, the black party revival, the block party, and the revival are there. Uh, the audio is terrible in this segment. Uh, the revival are there. Why are they there? The Usos don't understand. You guys are not invited, but we got invited. That's what the revivals say. And it's Naomi who's stirring the pot 
by inviting the Usos' nemesis to their party. And Naomi says, no, I invited them. I invited them because you guys have to squash the squash this beef. For some reason, Naomi has some kind of, she has some incentive for the Revival and the Usos to be friends. We don't, as television viewers of professional wrestling, we do not want the Revival and the Usos to be friends. We want them to beat the shit out of each other. That's what we do. I hope everyone gets really excited in the chat now because I said shit, all right? Um... So yeah, so this kind of felt yeah, it's like why 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 no, there's no there's no compelling reason to do this. Anywho. We had Ricochet then face off against uh face, face off against Cesaro again and I'm okay with this. There's a Fosbury flop early on by Ricochet. Cesaro uh back from commercial has Ricochet in a stretch. He lifts Cesaro by uh Cesaro lifts Ricochet by his by his neck from between his legs and overhead slams him. This is what works well with, this is why these two work really, really well together. Ricochet's a smaller guy. He's light. Cesaro is a, he's, he's taller than him and by God, he's strong and he has his technique down to a science. So they're able to do some batshit shit, batshit shit together. Ricochet outmaneuvers Cesaro quite a bit and super, super kicks him. Hits a springboard diving elbow, covers uh, Cesaro for two. Hits a standing shooting star press and covers him for two. Ricochet goes up to the top rope but eats a European uppercut followed by another one. Some shenanigans ensue up on that top rope. Ricochet ends up going for his, th his 630 splash but it's avoided. Cesaro steams towards him with a European uppercut that sends Ricochet flying into the turnbuckles. That looked good. Cesaro picks him up, puts him in a uh, torture rack position, gets him into a power bomb position, but Ricochet reverses it into a sunset flip bomb, which was really cool. Cesaro then tosses Ricochet out to the floor. Ricochet gets back up. He handstands on the apron. Wraps his legs around Cesaro's neck like basically like a like a head scissors, right? And lifts himself, crunches himself back in into an electric uh like an electric chair position, spins around, and then like it's not quite a Canadian destroyer, it's not quite a sunset flip bomb. Was it a, a hurricane rana? Guys, you tell me. But Ricochet gets the win on Cesaro here. That was fun. That was little small match, but these guys pulled out. They just decided to do some stuff that we don't usually do, and it felt so good tonight. This was a shining, shining moment here. I, I, we were, we, we were all better off tonight. See, blink, blink, blink said this was one of the best matches of the night. Michael Stepney says Ricochet Cesaro was a good match. Blaine says, I want them to, uh, to beat the shit out of each other in the ring and out and out. You want them to fight in, in the locker room? Blaine? That's not very sportsmanlike. But Michael Stepney does point out, and he's right, this is 50-50 booking. Yep, that is true. Uh, Joe Anthony says, Cesaro looked like his head took a nasty landing off that finish. I think he took it okay. I, he, I, I think it was fine. 
All right. Now we find out next week that Rey Mysterio is going to be forced to relinquish the U.S. title because he's injured. And then Joe comes out to say that he'll be there next week to take it back. So within the better part of one month in WWE, folks, the SmackDown Live tag team titles have been vacated. The uh, NXT tag team titles have been vacated. And now the U.S. title has been vacated. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of vacating for a month. Next, we have Miz and uh, Braun Strowman who cut promos. Miz reveals that he's going to be a father once again. Congratulations, <coughs> Michael Mizanin. Good job, sir, and to Maurice as well. <coughs> Excuse me, might need a little juice here. Mm. Mm. I'm almost done. I think I'm done. So we have a four-way, fatal four-way elimination match. Braun Strowman, The Miz, Baron Corbin, and Robert Lashley all fighting here. And the winner becomes the number one contender to the uh to the um universal title actually to fight against Seth Rollins at Super Saudi show whatever it's called <laughs> Fightball says yeah Warren's juicing yes in my in my own special cowardly way um Excuse me for a second here. Okay. Um, all right. So, fatal four-way elimination match. The heels gang up on Strowman to begin with, and Miz is like, what about me? But we're not dealing with cowardly heel Miz anymore. No, he goes right after Bobby Lashley. And the Miz and Baron Corbin are tossed over the, uh, over the ropes to the floor. So that leaves us with Strowman and Bobby Lashley, who will be fighting... We'll be fighting at um, at the uh, at the the uh, sands of Saudi, Saudi Arabia Super Show, Super Show of Arabia. Um, so uh, there's some test of strength between the both big guys. Lashley leapfrogs, but uh, gets caught in a choke slam. Corbin then blindsides blindsides Braun and Lash and Corbin double team Braun. They post him and. The heels work together for most of the match, uh, regardless. Miz goes after both guys, though. Hits his falling Nick Breaker on uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, then he has uh, both guys on their knees, and he goes for um, and goes for uh, the um, goes for the yes kicks. Uh, Corbin ducks the uh, the big one though, and uh, Corbin backdrops Miz, covers him, but only gets two. There's some more double team that happens. The heels keep Braun mangled on the floor. There's some top rope shenanigans that ensue as well, but Braun run runs in off the uh, off uh, off the floor and hits a Tower of Doom. Gift that. <laughs> um, where is it? Okay, there we go. Um, Braun goes for the run around the ring thing, but Lashley plants him into the barricade and the heels go after Miz. They double team suplex Braun on the ramp to make sure that he's nice and dead. 
Back in the ring, uh, Lashley hits his stalling vertical suplex on The Miz. Miz starts to fire back with uh, some yes kicks, corner knees. He does it twice, then gets the uh, running lariat at the end. But Corbin hits a, comes in and hits a deep six. And he covers Miz for two. Strowman uh, then comes in and starts hitting the running clotheslines, corner to corner, on the heels, who roll out of the ring. Uh, then Corbin goes out, shoulder blocks Corbin and Lashley down, goes back for Lashley, who jumps up on the apron. This was pretty nice. He runs runs after Bob Lashley, jumps up on the apron, and Lashley dives off with, a, he basically dodging Strowman, great timing, dives off with the clothesline on the big brawn guy. So that was cool. Uh, Braun Lariats, um, uh, Lashley over the barricade and they brawl into the audience Then suddenly we're back in the ring and Miz is, he's unconscious. He's not doing well. So he rolls Corbin up. There's a, they roll each other up for a couple of times here, but this all comes to an end when Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin hits the end of days on Miz and and wins. Now, this was a fatal four-way elimination match. Now, elimination usually means that you're supposed to, when you pin a guy, then that guy's eliminated until there's only one left, right? Mm hmm? And I read, you know, some, they were, someone told me commentary said that Lashley and uh, Lashley and uh, Braun had themselves counted out of the match. There's no countouts. There's no disqualifications in a fatal four-way. So this doesn't make sense. But the one thing that does make sense here, and I'm going to I'm going to wrap up my commentary about. Um, I'm this this is how I'm going to deal with me coping or at least my commentary regarding Baron Corbin, right? This is my commentary regarding Baron Corbin becoming the number one contender for the universal title to and fighting Seth Rollins at the uh at the uh, uh Saudi Arabia Super Show. Here's here's my full-on commentary here. Next, we went back to the block party <clears throat> uh, where suddenly, suddenly, our truth arrives with the, uh, he is the current 24-7 title holder 
and he uh, basically uh, he he uh, gets rolled up by Kalisto. Then he gets rolled up by Carl Anderson. And then everyone starts fighting, and everyone starts running after him. And uh, and he uh, he flees. So so here's the thing. He um. You know, last week, I said, you know, it was it was a good start that they had for the 24-7 title. And as long as it's not a schmoz, everything will be fine. Well, they're already treating it as a schmoz, isn't it? Aren't they? This 24-7 title tonight, not good. Not good. Not good. Next, though, we can talk about something good if you want. We can talk about tonight's edition of the Firefly Funhouse, where Bray has a paper plate rendition of his spooky mask that he debuted two weeks ago now, because there wasn't there wasn't really a Firefly Funhouse last week. And he asks us, "Did you enjoy the secret that I showed you?" I like to call him the fiend. Ooh. People say and do horrible things, and sometimes I find it hard to be brave, especially when I'm all alone. Oh, no more Wyatt family, see? But when I put the mask on, I can be anything I want to be. He puts the paper plate mask back over. Abby, Abigail, calls him a sicko. He says, he's not a sicko. And she says, what are you, a doctor now? Then he sort of pops down, pops back up, and he is a doctor. And he says, I have a diagnosis. Abby, the witch, you are a bully. And Abby says, why won't you let me rest? And he says, never, I'll never let you rest. She says, I don't want to be stuck in this limbo. Then Bray said, did someone say Limbo? So then you have two kids who have a limbo stick, two very unenthused, bored-looking kids who are holding the stick. And one one kid is like, he's really short and he's holding the stick at the very top of his, his arms are fully extended. And, uh, and Bray does the crab walk under them. That was, it was a fun, fun little creepy segment. I anyway, this is this has been working for me. And yes, I did go get to I did go get myself some water. It was all part of the juice box bit. Next, we had the electric chair segment because historically speaking, audience member questions have always worked so well. Why not bring it back, right? It's been it's been fantastic. So basically Graves says, you know, you sit in the electric chair. I don't know why it has to be an electric chair to begin with. And he says no questions are off limits no matter how controversial. So there's actually they have like Charlie Caruso and uh uh, Ms. Braxton and the new girl, they're in the audience. They're, they've already pre-screened questions. 
So the first guy comes over and he asks Sammy, when is your retirement date? And Sammy answers, are your mother and father related? Then there's another girl. Her name is Izzy. It's not that Izzy. It's another Izzy. She says, do you miss the ginger snaps from Mixed Match Challenge? And he says, oh, you want me to talk about Vicky Lynch or do you want me to talk about Seth Rollins? I didn't quite get that. Then there's another guy, Mike, who says, how does it feel when Braun Strowman destroys you? Woo! And he says, I prefer to punch you in the mouth. And then he starts talking about how America sucks and says, you know, we could settle this like men, but what you're going to do is you're going to sue me and something about something about health care, because, of course, um, although he did admit in this segment here that he, he did admit to being a very tender lover. Hmm. Uh <laughs> Then the last guy asks him, you know, why why have you not won the universal title yet? He says, you know, I, I could win the universal title at any time. And basically what he says here is like, you, you guys all told, you asked me such boring, boring questions, such dull questions. When you could have been asking me, what do you think about AEW? <gasps> and then we're, oh no, no, WWE mentioned AEW. Oh, they uh, concur that they exist. Oh, no, what are we going to do? There's no, you know, nothing to get really excited about. You know, if they had pushed it a little bit, it would have gotten interesting. But, you know, just dropping the, just dropping the name. I don't know. And especially when you know that you know, everything that goes on TV is scripted and heavily, heavily edited. Like this doesn't go out without, you know, Vince saying okay about this. Doesn't shock me. Honestly, would have shocked me if they would have started like really dropping names. Like talk, like themselves taking a couple of shots at perhaps, you know, dropping, dropping some Rhodes names or. Kenny Omega or Jericho or stuff like that, you know, maybe talking about Dean Ambrose. Then I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But no, they didn't. There wasn't much. There wasn't much to it. Um, then, um, so basically, but then, you know, since Sammy was talking about that he could have the universal title at any time, well, Seth Rollins comes out to get him to put his money where his mouth is and challenge him to a match. And we have a match, Seth versus Sammy, uh, which starts with Sammy giving us a good old-fashioned stall. And as you know by now, ladies and gentlemen, I like myself a good stall. Uh, he eats an elbow, some chops by by uh, Seth. Uh, Sammy, uh, Seth beats uh, Sammy out on the outside, but he gets back into the ring uh, gets back, gets him back into the ring, but Sammy goes back out to stall. Of course, but Seth, Seth does eventually get him back in. Seth actually does some joint manipulation in the ring, which we don't see very often from uh, from Seth. Uh, uh, there's some multiple kicks to Seth's face that uh, that follow. Um, there's running clothesline. Anyway, look, all uh, all of this happens. All of this goes on. 
some some explosive offense by Rollins, who starts diving onto Sammy onto the outside, goes back in, dives again, but oh, gee, Willikers, a oh, whole bonkers. He tweaks his knee on his landing. Oh, gee, boy, wow, I'm so psyched again to see that one, to see tweaked knees again. Oh, wow, schmooks. Mooks. Uh. So basically, we get back into the ring, and uh, Seth is uh, Seth is playing off that his injured knee, that it's injured, and I mean, credit where credit is due, he's selling the injured knee uh, like he was uh, like he got a baseball bat to it. Uh, it 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 worked for the rest of the match. That was the story here. Uh, how will he be able to overcome with a bum knee? Um. He tries to powerbomb Sammy, but it doesn't work. Uh, you know, has him up in a powerbomb position. So that doesn't work. But we did see, did, we did get to see uh, Sammy's crack, though. Sammy hits a DDT, but Seth hits a kick. He struggles up to his feet. Tries to go for, he goes for the stomp, but he lands badly. And Sammy then goes for the figure four leg, leg lock, which Seth reverses out of. Hits an enziguri. Goes for the ripcord knee, but it's reversed into a blue thunderbomb. Sammy covers, but only gets two. When was the last time Sammy Zayn won a match with the Blue Thunderbomb? Sammy sets him up on the top rope. There's some shenanigans that follow. Sammy ends up flat on his back, eats a frog splash. It goes, or actually is about to eat a frog splash, but Sammy lifts his knees, and then he covers Seth for two. They trade some strikes. Sammy goes back after the bad leg. Uh, he, he goes back, uh, goes after the bad, bad leg, eats some offense, from Seth, he rolls outside, crawls back in, and then eats the stomp, and then eats another stomp, and that's that. Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins. You know, in another world, another timeline, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins are tearing up a WrestleMania main event, and you, you know, you know, I'm right. So. Someone told me recently that um, when I do my recaps, they're fun because I always give the impression that Raw is more fun than it actually was. And in some cases, uh, you know, I I play along a lot and I do a lot. You know, I lay it on a little thing, but you know, thick. But you know, so there's some fun stuff that happens on Raw, right? And you know, I'm like, oh, this wasn't a bad episode, but this was not a good episode. This this stunk. This stunk. You know, if you if you really, really want to tune in just to see a couple of things, I'd say Cesaro and Ricochet, and that'll take you all, at the most, what, like six minutes? Super short. Uh, if you're a Firefly Funhouse fanatic, I say check that out. But there's, you know, just as parting words, Right, because I, I think it's important. I think it's important that just before we uh, we 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 go our separate our, our separate ways here, that we just remind ourselves. Just you know, the, fuck the wild card rule, okay? Fuck the wild card rule, and fuck double segments as well. Because I'm gonna tell you, right? Look. Just a few names here. 
Cedric Alexander hasn't been seen since he started, since he was called up, since he had that one match against Cesaro that he lost. Right? Um, then uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions, they weren't on tonight either. Um, we haven't, the well, of course, Rey Mysterio is, uh, is injured. Bobby Roode, who was somewhat in the midst of a push, nowhere to be found as well. Samoa Joe just comes out for a three-second segment and leaves. What? What? These are people that are being left off the show that are not that are on Raw that we that could be doing something a little more interesting than what we usually see, but are being just being kept off the show and are may are are being kept off so that we can have room for Kofi and uh, Kofi and Dolph and Roman. I have nothing, nothing against these people. That's not the problem. Kofi, I love him. Love Dolph. Love Roman. It's fine. But they're taking up space for other wrestlers. They just are. They're just taking up room that could be uh, used to build up other stars. Or just remind us that uh, that these people exist. When's the last time we saw the Raw Tag Team Champions on Raw? We've seen the Usos in the Revival, sure. And I mean, we see a bunch of wrestlers in the 24-7 thing. EC3, EC3 is still, a, is still puzzling to me. It's still a mystery to me what they're, what they're doing with them or what they're not doing with them. Why'd they call them up in the first place? They've done nothing with him. Like, of that crew that they did call up, Lars, Lacey, Heavy Machinery, EC3, and Nikki Cross, EC3 is at the bottom of the barrel. And I'm just talking about the guys here because then we have the plethora of women who weren't used tonight. Alexa, right? Dana Brooke. Is her push already finished? Because, you know, they could continue to capitalize off of the great, uh, off of the uh, the great feeling that we had for her that, that was generated with Money in the Bank. Natalia wasn't on the show. Ruby Riot's still not up, but she's injured. But Sarah Logan, where is she? You have Lacey just come down for a strut? No, no, we could do something. We could do something. It's all very strange. It's a very, very strange time in WWE. It's a very, very strange time. And if you're wondering, I had a lot of fun watching Double or Nothing this weekend. Did a full review over on Fightful if you want to check that out. I did it with Alex Belowski. I thought it was a fantastic show. Fantastic show. So if you haven't watched it, I think you should. Go check it out. It was a lot of fun. And just uh, just avoid Raw if you haven't watched it already. If you're waiting for my assessment. Hopefully SmackDown will be a lot better. And hopefully that uh, you, hopefully that you'll you'll come over and join me. And that you'll be here with me on, uh, on uh, the SmackDown review. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 10.30 p.m. Live right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I want to thank everyone so much for joining us joining me in the chat 
and everyone else in the chat tonight. Everything was very, very li lively. We're finish finishing off a... Nothing like finishing off a raw review with the chat chatting AEW, AEW, AEW. But this is the this is the kind of evening where yeah, WWE makes it so hard to love it. So, uh, but thank you all very, very much. You people in the chat, you those of you who come join me live, you don't make it easy. You don't make it hard, excuse me. You don't make it hard to love you. You make it very, very easy. Thank you all so very much. Thank you for listening uh, either on, uh, on your podcast application or later on on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a pleasure and I'll see you next time.